are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. shine. I am like super introvert. Chris is probably the same way, isn't he? Yeah, that's why he doesn't want to do this. He'll be number 52. He said after a year. It's funny, you know, <laughs> I, don't I don't think, think I don't think I do. Like, so when, when I was on that, I was on it. See, now this is different. That was easy because I was able to talk about, as I just Your said, like, I told Beth, stuff, I was like, my industry. business. Yeah. I was helping other people learn, hopefully to better their craft. This is like, Personal stuff, right? Is this like, about this is you? Deep, I know. So I, we I did. may be saying like, we had like, to like, do like. It, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else you want them to know in the intro? I don't know. That's probably that's good enough. I'm like, oh wait, you play music. I hate talking what? about myself. I know. So I'm going to talk for you. Um, <laughs> Some of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of instruments. I like to play guitar. Is my favorite. Drums. I just told her you play keys, whatever you keys pick up. Stuff. You sing. Bongos? I call Do myself a singer. No, he, I don't. He You're a backup I can, singer. but <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Sorry. See, this what is where it gets hard for me. You play the cymbals. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those. Uh... How about the clarinet? No, but Emily can play the clarinet. Oh, Dude, so... Emily can wail on the clarinet. She's like, she's like Greg. I want to hear. Like her. she's like, ooh, wow. she can like fly. Yeah. So there needs to be more clarinet in modern music, and so. Well, you could start, do that. To start work. Yeah. So just like, why did you guys come back? Family. We lost a dear family member. Emily's dad passed away. That, mm-hmm. That's not the sole reason we came back, but it just really did put everything in perspective. You know, uh, when we moved to Nashville, population was close to 800,000. And when we left, I think it was close to 2.2 million. Oh, man. There was just not a lot of places that I felt safe just plopping little Emerson down at that point saying, hey, go ahead, bud. My guard's still up most days from that type of mentality um, and having witnessed a lot of crime, like literally with my own eyes being a 911 caller on things like my guard is always still up. But at least when we would come and visit here, it was just like detox. And so when that happened, Emily's dad, you know, when we lost him that day, you know, we both said we don't want to make a grief faced decision. And so we let a little bit of time pass. And um, we we knew. I mean, we knew. And then we found the house, and I was like, well, I could put a studio in there. Well, another thing, too, my client, my main client that I was drawing my Sony paychecks from, she lost her deal. This is all at the same time. And I was like, well, if I'm going to work for independent artists, I could do that. I could do that anywhere. And then we found that house. I was like, it would make a good place for a studio, you know? Oh, my so, gosh. <laughs> and the house is. sat on the market. No one would buy it for like a year. I was waiting for it. Yeah, I think it was, it was. I do. I do believe that. And that house, it can be a thorn in our side sometimes because it's just like there's always something that needs. <laughs> it's older than the Civil War. You know what I mean? Like It's, it's amazing. Wow. But, but it just always needs something. I don't feel like I can just keep up with everything at all times, you know? We'll be like in one part of the house and I'm like, oh man, that looks great. And then I'll walk through and I'll be like, that crack was not there like four months ago. <laughs> I'm like, my house is going to fall apart. You know? like, like just little stuff like that. You know? One, two. I'm always You're good. Loud. You're down. <laughs> Chris is like, turn her down. Oh, speaking of Chris, 
He wants you to know that he loves you. I said, okay. <laughs> There's some serious bro love. Isn't there? Yeah, without a doubt. Chris is my... Aww. Chris is very inspiring to me. He makes me want to be a better man. 100% serious. I was like, geez, if I could just have that. <laughs> and I, you know, I mean, he projects a very outward calmness to him. I'm like, he does, I don't, doesn't I don't have that. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, he does really well with chill. Yeah. He's just consistent. But anyways, he does yeah. love you. All right. We're ready? <laughs> All that love talk. Moving on. Hello, Shine Podcast listeners. Welcome to the Shine Podcast. This is Liz. Oh, my gosh. This is Kit. Liz Cat. I will not go with Cat <laughs> at any point in this history of the podcast. It's Beth here. Kate. It's Kate. <laughs> and we are shining our spotlight on Michael S. Talk today. Woo-hoo! Welcome, Michael. Hello. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> we'll call you Mick. I say be... Mick, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Do people call you Mickey? No. Okay. Mikey. I've... Sometimes I get called Mikey, I think. Yeah. I was trying to think if there's any time I've heard Emily call you anything differently. No, she always calls me Michael. Right. Yeah. But I get Mike sometimes. Do you? It feels weird. I, I don't like yeah, that. I just, I don't know. It feels it's like weird. when people call Jonathan John, I'm always like, that's weird. Anyways, yeah. there's just some people you call them their full name. You're Michael. I'm Michael. <laughs> Michael. So welcome, Michael. We're glad Thank to have you. you here. Michael was born and raised in the Poland Struthers area. He attended Holy Family and Cardinal Mooney, although he was not on the football team. You'll have to ask him about that someday. <laughs> he spent some time at YSU, and then he went to Florida to Full Sail. Yeah, that's it. Full Sail and got a recording engineering degree. He headed straight to Nashville after that and did an intern with Sony Music, ATV Music Publishing. And then he sold paint and, and he became a manager in that industry. And Were you with Sherwin-Williams? No, Benjamin Moore. Ooh. Benjamin Moore. Oh. Expensive. So you're probably a paint color expert. I love color. I've Emily relies on me for color decisions. I let her do a lot of other stuff, but she's like color wise, she comes to me. Yeah. Did you pick the colors for your kitchen cabinets? Yeah. I'm crazy. And that actually is a Sherwin Williams color. About those. That's a Sherwin Williams color. So I had to. I had to go with Sherwin. Well, they because Benjamin Moore doesn't do lacquers, so. I want the color of your cabinets. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that job afforded him the opportunity to save money for an engagement ring for his lovely fiance <laughs> Emily. Oh, and now wife of. Yeah, now wife of. And 14. purchase equipment for his Lots of equipment. music Too production equipment. studio. He's been married to Emily for 14 years. He thought it was five. He had to check the date. <laughs> 14. They have a son. (laughs) They have a son, Emerson, who is seven. He's got his own music production studio. (laughs) And Emily and Emerson and Michael moved back three years ago. They've been been a part of the upper room. And Michael's on the worship team. And he also... Oh, yeah. So we'll talk about this, but the new EP that's coming out, The Weight of Your Glory, I'm sitting here with two of the stars from that EP. <laughs> She's Kate's the star. I'm not Kate, the star. Michael wrote the We're lyrics. We're not breaking out in the song. We'll put that in the link. Oh, good idea. Yes, because Kate can do that. So we'll we'll have to hear about that. But Michael wrote the lyrics to a whole bunch and the music song. to The Weight song. of Your Glory and produced that EP. So mm-hmm. all yes. of you, if you have not purchased that yet, go. It's out this week. Get it. 
Yep. The link. It's in the link. You can click on it and get it. Is it streaming everywhere yet? It'll be. Initially, it'll be Apple and Amazon and CD, which are here. Perfect. Awesome. So, great time to buy that. This is also not his first podcast. stuffers. Yeah. It's still time to put this in someone's stocking. So, get that. This is not his first podcast. This is his third. Old hat. He's been an expert. On some other podcasts, but we're so happy to have him with us on the Shine Podcast. So welcome, Michael. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here, guys. It's an honor to be here. I really mean it. So, Michael, tell us who or what turned your light on. (sighs) Okay. I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school my entire life. There's a whole other podcast based off of probably some of what I carried with that. But I remember I ended up uh, befriending um, someone that worked at a paint store here. R&S Paint, and that's how I learned about paint before I went and moved away. But anyways, to make a long story short, it was our tax guy's son for that store. Every day he'd be like, hey man, come church with me, man, come church with me. And I'm like, "Ah, I don't know about this, you know? So we finally just got to know each other really well, and I was like, I like this guy, he's great. So I I was like, all right, I'm going to go. So we went to uh, Victory over on 422, and I was like... Oh, this is this is unlike anything I was expecting, and I mean, I I prayed a prayer right then and there at that church, you know. Which there was a lot of stuff ramping up to me needing to go to church, you know. Prior Were to that, you going besides, to church like as growing no, up as a Catholic, no, we would go we would go on holidays and maybe once every other month, maybe yeah. <laughs> even so. I knew there was something, you know. I, I felt the calling. I think before I even realized that there was one. Every once in a while, I'd flip through TV and it was. Back when Joel Osteen was doing his thing. And I would sit and I'd listen to him talk. And I was like, oh, this is, again, this is different. This is something that can be applied to, you know, everyday life that was just far from what my childhood was like. Again, that was kind of one of the things that opened my eyes. But I mean, I remember going to that church and then it it was at that moment I asked Christ to come into my heart. I mean, ever since then, I I felt like there was definitely a relationship that just was instantaneous Mm -hmm. that I've always tried to at least honor that that was not there prior to it. What were some of the things that you felt like were you said were ramping up in your life that got you to that place where the first time you were at church, you were like, yes, I mean, just baggage, teenage angst, young 20 angst that we all carry with us, oftentimes related to love, you know, what are you going to do with your life kind of stuff, and Mm. you're this old and you're still, you know, you need to get out from relying on folk. I mean, it's a real thing for any kid, and uh, you know, I mean, luckily... Times are a little more simple then versus now, I feel like. But um, yeah, I mean, I almost moved to Arizona and I stayed for a girl. The funny thing is Emily almost moved to Arizona at one point. She ended up not doing it. But yeah, it's just weird how it all worked out for sure. You know, I can fully tie that back to, I mean, that was 2002 is when, because I left here to go to Nashville in 2003. Well, to go to Florida in 2003. Yeah. So after you said that prayer, how did your life change? I don't want to be too dramatic about what I'm going to say or what I'm thinking, but I, I do feel like it was like my eyes were opened almost. I know it sounds kind of cliche probably or, or whatnot. No, we just said, um, I don't know if you heard Scott's this week. I don't know if you've listened or not, but that was the exact same way that he described yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I think of it like, see, my my weird like thing, and but maybe people could get it as like, I picture it from like, a sound standpoint, like musical. And it was almost like there was a a sock sock stuffed in something like a speaker. Uh. And it was like that was lifted from the speaker and the clarity happened after that. 
That's a really great I'm, metaphor. I'm I have no. <laughs> I love interesting <laughs> metaphors. Yeah. Because they, they make different connections. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, someone might understand blind, But now I see. Because yeah. we use that all the time. Yeah. But yeah. it's also the, one of our five senses. People understand yes. what hearing and not hearing is. That's really yeah. good. I think, too, like, you know, I had, I will admit it, I had temper things earlier on, again, in my teenage angst years. Things I will never, ever be proud of. And I look at how, I mean, now it's like I drive like a grandpa now. <laughs> I used to not. I mean, I actually got actually got into a road rage incident when I was a teenager and ended up having to go to the hospital because we got in a fight on the side of the road. And so stuff like that. Now I'm just, I cruise down the road and I'm just like, <laughs> I stay far away from people. So it's that kind of stuff even was, it wasn't instantaneous, but I knew that I had to make changes that that exposed to me need to work on that yeah so are you still friends with that guy you know he's out in california now and we don't even talk you'll have to send him the link to this podcast (laughs) you know maybe this will light a fire for me to reach out to him again you know because i mean it was a very integral yeah i look back and i'm like it would not have we wouldn't be sitting right here if not for same person i met emily at his house so, Jeff, if you're listening. Jeff, we love you. We love you. Thank you for shining your light yeah. and exposing Michael to yeah. Jesus's light. Jesus and Emily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You better be thankful for him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Well, he, you know, he was actually, you know, he was the best man in our wedding. and But time and distance and... Yeah. Life does that too. So did you have other people kind of come in at that point and step into, I mean, you had that moment at Victory, but then from that on out, did you find a group of people? Yeah, you know, well, and so that was fairly new for me to find that. And then, so that was right around the same time again that I left. So I went to Florida and I was like, I have to get plugged in somewhere down here. Yeah. Jeff again, knew somebody that knew somebody. This girl, she was the sweetest person ever. Um, Her name is Megan and we were just church buds. We would go to church and her brother was a musician. She welcomed me into a group of people down there and I almost, for the first time ever, I almost led worship at a church down there and I never had a chance to do it. But it was Central Florida. I think they met inside a YMCA. It was called a Cross Point Orlando is what it was called. The music director and I kind of became friends a little bit. Oh, we need to get you up here. We need to, and I just never, never did it because I wasn't used to being on a stage in that capacity, you know? Yeah. So that was new and kind of scary to me at that point. But I love that you plugged yourself in I in a completely to. different state. I had to. At the beginning of something that was new for you. Yeah. No. That's it, impressive. I mean, I lived with uh, a kid that I went to grade school with here that was going to University of Central Florida. So we shared a, an apartment oh, together. Fun. So luckily, it wasn't like I didn't know anyone there. But for the most part, I was like, that relationship's not going to help me continue to stay on the right path. And so luckily, I, again, Jeff... So yeah, and then I got done with Florida and then I moved to Nashville and it was the same thing. I went there and this was before Emily was even there. I I found a church there. I went there and, you know, we got married, did she moved there. And then I was always like the guy that would just come in and like hope no one saw me, you know? Sit in the back, leave, Michael. You know, and so get out of here. She, Emily, finally was the one that was like, you know what, we're gonna go to a small young marrieds night, and so she forced me to do that. Oh, good job, Emily. Yeah, and so we did, and it's like some of those people, you know, you figure that was 13 years ago. Some of those people are still who we consider to be our dearest friends and family members. I mean, you know, Tiffany. You know, mm-hmm. like that's where we we met Tiffany. It's just really weird how it all. Time's kind of weird, you know? You look back and you're like, how did all that happen? God. Connections. Yep. He's got plans. Connections with people. 
What was it about Jesus that was so intriguing to you? Because you grew up in religion. Yeah. You know, you went to 12 years of yeah, I think, schooling. I think for me is, again, I don't want to sound, I don't have right words sometimes to say, but I feel like gentle, loving, just the way he loved people, bar none. For me, I just, I don't have to, the only thing that I can focus on with him is just how he loved people. Didn't matter. Didn't matter who they were. Didn't matter. And to me, I again, we've all grown up with certain things, but there was a point in my life where I, I mean, I would flat out admit to him, I probably didn't love people if they were different than me or they didn't agree with me or none of that. None of that matters. Has that been contagious to you? Like, do you find yourself better able to love now that you've been introduced to that? I try. I try every day. And I do genuinely feel like my heart hurts when I see others not being loved, without a doubt. I think, you know, too, and the whole gentle thing, and again, I I would never criticize anyone, anything, but I don't feel like the impression I grew up with Christ was that of being gentle and loving. It was more of like, he was someone to be scared of. God was someone to be scared of almost, you know? And if you don't believe this way or do these things, then yeah, you know, pretty much it all kind of ties back into having the blinders. The sock pulled out. Yeah, the sock pulled out of the speaker, man. I mean, it just, you realize that that's not who that was at all. It just. I feel like we keep coming back to that with other people that we've been interviewing. Just the difference between what it is to be in religion and then it is to be in relationship where you just realize that that's not who he is. Yeah. There is this realization or revelation. And even Janelle, he was just saying, I just realized there were so many things that I was believing those were incorrect. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can recall certain teachings in religion class that said if you don't believe this, you will go to hell. Did they tell you about French kissing? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. That's what I was told. French kissing's a mortal sin. And I didn't know what French kissing was back then, but (laughs) I was afraid of it. Don't do (laughs) it. I'd always be like, was that that French kissing? Was that French? (laughs) Man. All that to say, there's a lot of fear. Yeah, it was definitely fear- Fear-based. Which doesn't make people very loving. No. It's like it divides and (laughs) isolates. So, Michael, tell us what lights you up. My son (laughs) and my wife. (laughs) Family. Yeah, for sure. That's what it's all about. I remember I was kind of a person that didn't think I would ever even want to have a child. You know, you get caught up in your ways and you bachelor and then you get married and you're like, okay, well, this is great. Just the two of us. And, you know, and that's some people that's okay. You know, and I I was one of those people. I was like, I can't. I was too. I told my mom she would not ever have grandkids from me. Yeah. I felt the same way. And then, you know, there was a certain point that, you know, I knew Emily didn't ever feel that way. And so it was for her, you know, like I was like, oh, this is, you know, I'll do this, but it's for for her, you know. (laughs) And that was another switch that flipped that one day, you know, literally. It was almost the same kind of like sentiment, the same kind of feeling. When he showed up and he was born, it was just, okay. And I felt like, (laughs) just going to tie this back into love again. I thought I knew what love was. We all think we know what love is when we're young. And sometimes it's not appropriate. It's not the actual definition (laughs) of love. Right. And then you get married and you're like, okay, oh, I know what love is now. Because this is my wife and this is love. I'll tell you what. It really put it in perspective when he came along what love was because Mm -hmm. it was way different. Then it also put in perspective how God loves us, right? Mm -hmm. You hear, you know, you've been taught that, well, we're all his children and we're all his children. In one ear and out the other for me. That saying always went in one ear and out the other. And then Emerson showed up. I felt 
fear of what it would be like if he were to get hurt or sadness if he were to do, make a mistake and it affected him poorly, you know, all yeah. that. If that doesn't show you how God loves us, and, you know, you guys have kids, and I'm sure you understand it too, you know. It, but for me, I, I had no understanding of what was to come before I'd had Emerson. Definitely, he lights me up. Emily lights me up. Family first. Music. I love music. Love to play music. I love to listen to music. That's probably already <laughs> known, but I love food. I love to cook. Are you a foodie? Um, I, I don't mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm a foodie, but I love food. So I'm very passionate Michael about makes some amazing making good food. So. Oh, what, tell us, what was the last meal you made? This is bad. Don't remember what I made the last time. Hope raves about his... You know Na- what? Is it Nashville hot chicken? Well, yeah, yeah. I love Raves. to make. Yeah, I love to make soul food. <laughs> Nashville hot chicken. My last meal was Hope likes my pasta sometimes too. And I made Emerson and I. He cooks with me. We do like a Sunday kind of a Sunday gravy thing. You know, fresh tomato sauce that we make and stuff like that. So that was the last meal oh I made. Oh my gosh! Yeah. But yeah, I mean, cooking for me is I try things that I shouldn't try. Again, even like doing fried chicken, people look at me like I'm crazy. You know, they're like, you're attempting that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I worked very hard <laughs> on that. that. That recipe took me months to get it to where I'm like, I can serve that. I can serve that to other people, you know? Yeah. And what a great thing to give you an excuse to have lots of people over in our post-COVID yeah. times. Yeah. When we came over, you guys made, we just grilled out. Yeah, we just And that was out. super tasty. Yeah. Like I like to make to gumbo. Gumbo is my other Do favorite. You? Yeah. That's another thing that's taken me like... I feel like gumbo is difficult. I would not try it's, gumbo. Yeah, it's an all-day thing. Mm-hmm. Start it's at too like, long. I start at like 9. It's finally cooking by like 11.30, and we eat it at like 6.30 at night. Wow. So it's, and it, smell, it stinks the whole house, like in a good way. You know, my mom, I made gumbo for my parents the first time, and they're, you have to make roux. It's not a light roux. It's a dark roux. I mean, it turns out to almost be that color Does it? when it's ready. So it smells like burnt popcorn. And my mom's like, you're burning it. And I was like, mom. <laughs> Gotta trust, you know. <laughs> so now she's had my gumbo. She's like, okay, I know what you. She <laughs> gets it now. <laughs> That's so interesting. I haven't thought about that for such a long time. I would not have put that on your list. Gumbo. No, that food and making food lights you up because I forgot yeah. that you just enjoy cook. cooking so much. When we were remod, we did a kitchen remodel during COVID. So as if COVID wasn't weird enough as it is, we decided to tear our kitchen down to the studs and <laughs> completely not have a kitchen for six months. <laughs> Here's a microwave. <laughs> so so we did a lot of luckily grilling. We did a lot of grilling, but I got yeah. I got so tired of even grilling this summer. Because we're finally back up and running. So. Kitchen's finished? It is finished. I still have to um, build Emily a little pantry, like shelves in the pantry. But outside of that, it's done. Feels good to be back. Back cooking again. So speaking of music, this new EP, which I'll shamelessly put a plug in because Ooh. I'm here with two of our stars from that. <laughs> the Weight of Your Glory. So you wrote the music and the lyrics for that song, Weight of Your Glory. Kate sings it on the EP. So again, time for a great stocking stuffer. Yeah. Tell us about that, how that I'm song came about. On, I'm going to brag on Kate a little okay, bit. Okay, let's hear. So, all right. So, Kat, let's hear about Oh my gosh. <laughs> So we had some downtime from going to church, you know, after we moved back from Nashville. There was a couple years, even in Nashville, where we decided to kind of take a step away. And so we came back home and Hope and Brian were like, oh, just, you should just go to upper room one of these days. So we walked in and, you know, like Hope's like, oh, yeah, you know, Kate sings. And, you know, I said, oh, I think I saw Katie somewhere one time. And I said, do you sing? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I sing a little, you know, I sing a little. I'm like, 
okay, whatever. So we walk into church, when, and someone else, I think Emily's mom was like, you should hear Kate sing. And I was like, okay. So we went in, and you were singing, and I was like, dude, she's got an amazing voice, you know? <laughs> At that instant, that first day, I was like, okay, this feels like a safe place. We're gonna. We're coming here. This is our church. Kate, and your voice. There was not a no, there was not a pretentious bone in this entire church. Everyone was wonderful, kind. Again, I can't stress enough that it just felt like the world's safest place to come. Not long after that, I was like, man, she's got a great voice. Because what I do for my job is I listen to voices all the time, all the time. So time went by. We were coming here, and we had a family function for I think it was Winnie's birthday party. And I pulled Kate aside. I was like, I want to record you sometime. I'm going to record your voice sometime. I don't know for what, but sometime we're going to do something. You know, she's like, okay. But weren't you having, there was something weird with it too, where you had already, you and Chris had already discussed something. Oh, I I mean, we had been discussing just creatively possibilities for the future. I mean, we really did with the worship team. Yeah. We're just like, there's so much here and there's so much talent and giftedness here that we feel like we would be remiss to not take advantage of what is in front of us and use it now. Yeah. So I've written a lot of songs in my life and I mean, most of which were not (laughs) meant for church, you know, or I wrote a song in Nashville that we ended up doing on a big stage in front of thousands of people. And it made me feel really just I don't like the way it makes me feel, especially because like I was the one probably singing it. So it didn't make me feel, made me feel weird. You know, I was like, well, I'm not meant to do this. Write more and more songs. And because of some of the songs that I wrote in Nashville, I would record them and I would release them and people would hear them and then they'd want me to produce them. Well, can you do that for me? So I just, I ended up getting busy enough with production work that I just quit writing songs altogether. Mm -hmm. Because it just, even to this day, it doesn't really fulfill me that much. Mm -hmm. I like to write music without lyrics. That's what I love. I can give you 10 songs in two hours, but (laughs) it's not going to have lyrics. It's going to be, this is the musical, this is the song flow, verse, chorus, you know, here's how it sounds, but fill it in with the lyrics. Yeah. We were at dinner. We were at dinner and we... For the most part, we were just brainstorming. Like, what can we do? How do we take what we have? Yeah, I was like, let's record something for the church. And did I say maybe God will give us a song? Oh, yeah. We were talking about writing that night, talking about what we would do. Yeah, so that was weekend, I think. But picked up my guitar and like this melody, which is normal, instantly came to me. Like, it's what I love to do. So I had an entire kind of thing fleshed out. And I texted Emily and I said, hey, what do you think of this melody, you know? And she's like, oh, I really like that. I was like, well, can you help me write the lyrics when you get home? She's like, yeah. By the time she got home, which was only like 40 minutes later, the lyrics were already there. So Emily walked in, and I don't claim those lyrics. Like Honestly, I don't. Those. It was a download? It was a download, and it was a fast one. Because again, I don't have many words oftentimes when it comes to scriptural verses. Like, that's not my, I'm not, I can't recite verses. I, I wish I was better at it, and I one day hopefully will be. Those words, they just came. They just came and Emily walked in and I was like singing it and playing it. And Emily said she just stood in the kitchen. She stopped and she said like she almost started crying. And so (laughs) I sent it to Kate that same 20 minutes later. And it was like me singing it that sounded like this Americana. I was like, Kate, you're going to sing this. And so Kate, actually, I was like, would you be willing to try this? And yeah, I mean. Went in, sang it. It was fun. Yeah. Because that kind of song was like a... Yeah. I like those songs. 
Yeah, so that's how that happened. I've told this to Chris and Kate both. I said, I may never write a song like that ever again. I may never write a song altogether ever again. But that song, I do feel like, was supposed to happen. And I said, I want you guys to have that. I believe in this church, and I believe in what they're doing. I just wanted to bless them with with a vehicle to hopefully go out into the world from a musical standpoint. Yes, but the song itself, even now, I feel like there are some songs that I listen to that lose their potency. I don't know. I I will listen to a little while and then let go pretty quickly. But we have been working on that song. I mean, at this point, we've been working on that song for a while. But every time I turn it on, I'm still like, that is anointed. It's just anointed because every time I hear the lyrics... I'm like, ooh, that's the thing. That's too. where we're at. You know, and again, how I know it wasn't for me is because, like, I think a lot of songwriters, they'll sit there and they'll be scientific about their songs. There was no time for me to even say, is this going to sound cliche or is this, you know what I mean? Like, those words, it was literally like they filled themselves into the rhythmic meter in, in the song, I feel like. I mean, a lot of my favorite songwriters, that's kind of the way they write anyways, but... They would sit there and say, oh, well, is this clear enough of a meaning? And how it's like there was none of that. I was like, well, there it is. That's what. <laughs> Who knows if it is clear enough? Hopefully. Hopefully it helps people. And it. Yes. It's amazing. It is. It's amazing. So, again, if you haven't heard it yet, the link's in the bio. <laughs> I was at school a bit ago and I was walking down the hallway and Amos was in the hallway with this big piece of paper and he grabbed me. He said, Aunt Kate, we're supposed to bring in our favorite song. And so I said, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Tell me all about it, Amos. And he flips this big piece of paper around and it has the weight of your glory is written, you know, in his little handwriting on this big piece of paper that he's taking in to like give to his classroom and play for them. Are you serious? I'm serious. And so... You're famous already. Later that day, (laughs) Megan texts me this little pic of his teacher sending a little note that said... I loved that song. It's going in my iTunes favorites yeah. or something. Aww. She said it went in my iTunes favorites. I love that song. Anyways, it's amazing. I just thought that was really sweet. <laughs> yeah, I just, for me, it wasn't that it had to come through me, but I want it to be for other people to find blessing in. That's, I don't know. So you're letting your light shine by allowing your gifts and talents to be put into music, actually. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just like to make music and I'm just grateful that I can do it. I don't ever, I, I joke with people all the time. I'm like, I still feel like God has a hilarious sense of humor because I didn't know chord names until five years ago. I have no music theory background. I mean, I took drum lessons when I was little and I didn't. Are you kidding me? I, I don't know. I mean, I quit drum lessons because it wasn't playing to music, right? It was just theory and paradiddles and left, right, left, right, left, right, you know, like do this rudiment do that and for me it was I was playing to records and it was just boring so I I always joke with people I said yeah well if someone responds if they respond to something that I've done for them especially in a working scenario like thank you I'm like thank you because I'm just faking it till I make I mean really I mean it's the truth like so I always say that God has a sense of humor with that because I'm no expert I just like to play (laughs) So, and I but trust, there's and I trust in it, you know. So giftedness. I mean, there's such giftedness in you. Well, I mean, but. it's insane, and that's even crazy to me because I did not know that at all. I didn't know coordinate, but that just I, makes I finally, it even more. I finally took a class, totally. a free online class, about five years ago for oh intro to music theory, so I could at least, like, if I was dealing with clients, I would at least be able to tell them what key we were in. 
Yeah. So, and I'll tell you what, I carried a lot of shame around earlier on in my career because of that. Like I would be able to hear things. I would be able to communicate it to people, but I wouldn't have the theory background to, so it always made me self-conscious about it. And now I'm just like, I don't, I don't care anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I just... But I feel like that's what people work for their whole lives, which is what, which is what's so fascinating about giftedness. There's times in the Bible where, again, like I hate speaking. If you ever like say, "Hey, can you speak in front of the entire church?" I would be like, "I can't." I can't. <laughs> Death first. And how many times in the Bible did God equip people that weren't good speakers? Hadn't been trained, classically trained. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know. Mean, I think you're doing pretty good. Well, that's because it's just us. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. Well, I mean, I think there is something to willingness too. And so I appreciate that about you, that even though there's yeah, not you, a huge background to, in it yeah. and you don't have maybe not all of the knowledge, you still go in so willing to serve people well and to use your, your giftedness for other people's benefits. You do. Well, and that's the thing too. I think there's a certain amount of trust, right? Faith, but trust. I mean, you have to have a certain amount of trust that, think of me, I mean, I'm in Nashville where there's the most talented musicians on the planet for the most part, right? and I know nothing about music theory, but I'm hearing things that they're hearing, right? There's a certain point in the day where you just have to trust that God's going to equip you with what you need. I, I always say that I don't have a lot of faith. You know, we all have the mustard seed thing, you know, like every day I do wake up, it is like going to the gym. Like it's an exercise in trust because oftentimes too, like when I'm working with people, I always tell them like there is a thing that happens where you feel like you've sent them the best work you've ever done. And then by the time you finish something, gosh, this is the worst thing I've ever done. It's that cycle for every every project I ever work on, bar mm-hmm. none. And it's all these technical little things that am I good enough? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, we're all good enough, you know, like, but you focus on the little tiny technical things. And again, I kind of relates back to the whole music theory thing. Yeah, I appreciate how you shine. I mean, yes, you shine in your studio, but I appreciate the gifts that you have that you give willingly to the body, to the church here for the time and the energy that you give towards blessing others when you don't have to. I tell you what, so, I mean, it's, thank you. Well, it's an equal blessing, though. That's the thing. I will share this too because I've told this to Kate and Chris. Like, I've been on many stages. That church in Nashville, in Nashville, was actually the first church that I ever set foot on on a stage with an instrument and with a singing or playing. Not to go down a road of negativity, or it was a lot different. There was a lot of focus on technicalities because, again, you're in Nashville. You know, you've got smoke. it's a little more intense. Yes. <laughs> Smoke, you know, and it's got to be at this time, this starts and it's, it it was very, very boom, boom, boom production wise. And so um, there was a point where I said, I'll I'll never set foot on a stage ever again in a church. I don't, I really don't like to be on stages anyways. I like to be in the studio creating, not on a stage. When we came here and we got on the stage, I mean, I was like, wow, this is not, this feels like the safest place to ever be with a musical instrument. So it blesses me because I, w- I would argue that it blesses me more. There is a re- massive reward to be able to feel like there is a safe place for me to to do really one of the only few things I know how to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a blessing. I mean, I, I know Emily feels the same way. I mean, I could she would let me speak for her on that mm-hmm. without a doubt. So you're most welcome, but <laughs> it blesses us just as equally, you know, without a doubt. There's been times when we've been up there that it's, I could just let go. I don't even think. It's worshiping, you Mm -hmm. know? And And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. (laughs) 
there were many times where I've done it, not here, but other churches where it's it's technical. It's a performance. Yes. No to that. We'll all get away from that. (laughs) Exactly. No performances. So is there anything else you want to tell us, Michael? Oh, I love this part. So Emily made a suggestion. Oh, did she? But I just, yeah, you know, again, I'm weird about talking about myself, but she suggested that I talk about my my favorite squirrels. (laughs) Tell me about your favorite squirrels. So this is funny. Something about myself, too, that I do feel like I love nature. Uh, Nora got sprayed by a skunk during the summer. Overnight, the entire squirrel population left our backyard. Is Nora I, I, I a dog? I don't know if it had something to do. Yeah, Nora's, Nora's our little doggy. Dog. I don't know if it had something to do with the link. I mean, honestly, it smelled like skunk around our house for quite some time. And so they all disappeared. I told Emily like a few months ago, I'm going to bring the squirrels back. <laughs> so I started reading. I started reading about how to how to bring the squirrels back, you know. And um, You so like them? I do, yeah, yeah. You should talk to Monica. <laughs> she, friends. she hates her squirrels. They're, they're, I mean, they're yeah. I mean, they're stinkers. But I've got one that she, Emily's like, you're you're naming them. I said, well, yeah, they have names because Emerson loves them too. I've got one Obviously. that is he he comes looking for me every morning. He comes to my door. He sits on the doorstep and he waits for me. What's um, his name? His name's Charcoal because he's dark gray. He's just he's awesome. Or she, I, I don't know yet. Yeah, if it's we don't a know. Male or female. I open the door and I stick my hand out and he's like an inch away from taking it from me. So I think once the weather what gets better. What are you better, giving him? Just peanuts. Roasted peanuts. In shell. Roasted peanuts, you know. So, <laughs> I love your see, face. You, you had like, no clue you were going to be talking about squirrels during this. So. I didn't. I <laughs> love that. But I love that yeah. the end of the time always yeah. gives you the opportunity for the weird it's stuff. My, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite things to do every day now is just, you know, and he comes looking for me and I'll feed him for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. He'll come back. You know, he'll go, he takes a nut, goes and sits in his tree, comes back for another one. And then I'm like, okay, bud, go finish your day now, you know? <laughs> so people, you know, people probably think I'm a lunatic. To each their yes. own. I hear that you're also a really big fan of um, DD. Dunkin' Donuts, right? I love Dunkin' Donuts. Right. Yes. I heard that. Anything else? Just Dunkin' Donuts. good, yeah. Squirrels. <laughs> All right. I think we're good, yeah. Oh, Michael. This well, is so nice. Yeah, it's been great. I hope I did okay. Oh, you're fantastic. Oh, it so good. It's been great listening to Michael. Thanks for joining us oh, and sharing thank with you guys us. for having me. Yeah, thank you. We ha- seem to have this reoccurring theme. So if you are a reoccurring listener, is that a thing? Yeah. yeah. Reoccurring listener. I hope you're getting the message about God's love mm-hmm. and that it's mm-hmm. very different than religion and a list of rules. We've been talking about that since the very first episode. And so that is powerful. And I hope that if you haven't had the opportunity to experience that love, that you would just take a minute and ask Jesus to show you his love because he loves you unconditionally. And it's not about a list of rules and regulations, but it's about a relationship. So... And also, Michael is inviting you to come to the safest place, the safest church. So if you don't have a church home and you would like to check us out, we would love to have you. So, And for all of you who are friends and families of The Upper Room and The Shine Podcast, thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Make sure you check us out next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.